Welcome, this is True Stories. If you uh, are thinking this is something else, then you should leave now. If you're here for True Stories, you're very welcome. First day, we had Martha with us, who was looking at uh, the topic of how we, how we can be Christians in an online world and kind of engaging with social media. Who was there for that one? Who's posted on their social media about New Day this week? Oh, some have. Lots of hands went down there. Remember, that's the mission for the week. Celebrate that you love Jesus through your social media. Uh, yesterday, we had our friend George Benson with us, uh, singing to us about his love story and relationships, which was just excellent, really emphasizing the love of God. And then today, we've got... Who are you? I'm Taylor. Taylor. Hi, guys. Everyone say hello to Taylor. Hi. I didn't know that people were singing in here. How I know. I follow that? You can sing if you want. You have oh, a special chair to sit on. Oh, lovely. It's like a kind of special interview. Oh, this is quite... I can have a little nap. We're quite nap far up. apart, though, aren't we? It's like... Yeah. Um, Taylor, where were you this morning? You weren't in 12 to 14s. No, I wasn't. But I did wear my block colour t-shirt. Well done. In solidarity. <laughs> I was over at the 15 to 18s, just having a quick chat with those guys. So you, you did an interview over there, didn't you? And now you're going to do an interview here. Yeah. You're like the interview queen today. Yeah, it's quite nice, actually. Although I didn't, they didn't give me drinks over there. Oh, look, you've got saying. three here for some reason. So, you know, enjoy. Um, well, today we're going to be looking at the topic of, um, of our feelings. Does God really care about how we feel? And uh, we're just going to be... With Taylor hearing from Taylor a bit of her story, I'm going to ask her some questions um, on that as well. And so I guess let's start. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Obviously, uh, most of us would have seen you uh, up on the stage at points this week so far. But other than that, we may not know much about you. So tell us a bit about yourself. Um, What can you know about me? I love food. I like sleep. (laughs) Not getting much sleep at the moment at New Day. Um, I'm a bit of a tea fanatic. I love a good tea collection. A lot of herbal teas. Um, getting married in a couple of months. That's exciting. Woo! Woo! Um, and I run a magazine called Clarity. I've seen a few of you in the depot this week. So we're over there. Hi. Um, and yeah, a bit about me. Great. Excellent. Where do you live? I live currently... Oh, a bit on the road at the moment. I'm just moving out of Southampton. And then when I get married, I'll be living in London. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. At least two people from London here. Paul, you've done weird things to the microphone again, mate. <laughs> okay, great. So we know a little bit about you. Um, can you tell us a little bit, Taylor, about your story when it comes to the topic of mental health? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess I've always been quite like a high energy person um, and growing up like my highs are always quite high and my lows are always quite low. I can um, definitely be dictated by my feelings quite a lot. Um, So yeah, to be in different moods is always quite normal to me. And yeah, as I got kind of older, maybe into my late teens, I started dating. I was kind of looking for satisfaction, popularity, um, excitement in all the wrong places. And kind of ended up going down a road of just different relationships, um, a lot of them sexual relationships, which was just far too early for me. And um, just ended up on a road of kind of destruction and kind of self-destruction. And ended up making a lot of decisions that I never imagined making. Some really hard decisions, felt really cut off from God. And it was at that that point I think I was maybe 21 kind of age I just hit a real low I felt like I didn't really know who I was and just entered a real state of depression for about three years and kind of the only thing I could really do well was cry I was really good at that um, 
And yeah, that was a really hard time. I kind of stopped singing, love singing. I sing every day. Uh, stopped singing for about two and a half years, even in the morning when I was getting ready, just nothing. Really struggled in church, kind of stopped doing all the things that I love doing. It was as if I didn't, uh, where was Taylor? I was just living in this kind of shell for, for a while. Yeah, about three years. So that was kind of rough. I guess, um, obviously, you're just sharing there around the kind of the, the journey that you walked and the kind of battle that you faced with the topic of depression. Could you just try and help us understand? I suppose there'll be many in the room who will have similar stories in terms of how they feel. There'll be others that won't. Um, others that are asking the question, am I depressed? How do I know if I have depression? What does it look like? What did it feel like for you? Uh, and is it, it, can you kind of describe it in any way that's helpful? Yeah, I think... I think one thing that I'm really passionate about is making sure that you understand that how you're feeling doesn't necessarily label you with a health issue or something that's going to um, kind of overarch or dictate your life. And I think the real key difference is that it's actually, it's very natural and it's very okay to feel depressed or to feel anxious or to feel um, overwhelmed when certain situations are happening. Just as an example, um, I've spoke to a lot of young people that they'll come to me and they'll say, I think I have depression or I think I have anxiety and I'll chat a little bit with them. And then what I find out is actually their parents are going through a divorce. It's exam season. They're worried about a particular friendship group and it's been a real tricky time. And actually it's very natural for our bodies and our emotions to respond to these things with things that aren't comfortable. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, you know, label yourself with those things. So that's really important kind of to be able to feel those things and, and know that that's all right. And I think for me, as I said, I was very high and low. I knew when I was upset, angry or happy or excited. But I think with the depression, it was as if nothing was rational. There was no reason. I could wake up on a sunny day. Things are going well. Um, I was actually uh, volunteering with my church during a portion of that time. Everything was lovely, but I felt horrific. It was like an emptiness. It was, it was constant quite often. And even though I could put on a brave face for people, I think in yourself, you just know if this is... Is there something in my life that this is in response to? Or is this actually kind of overarching and, and a little bit maybe irrational and, and yeah does that make sense that's no, really helpful great so it's kind of allowing ourselves to um, embrace the emotions that we'll walk through in life and yeah. the different situations and not getting too caught up in terms of that but there's also this idea of there are sometimes where you'll struggle with things that they're not based on the circumstance you're walking yeah. through and that's probably more that you're you're talking about for you in that season yeah yeah great and so I guess for you then, what are the kind of biggest lessons you've learned about yourself and God through the journey you've walked? Um, I think because I've been in quite a few different emotional stages, um, I think going through the depression, I've also struggled a lot with kind of worry, negative thought, anxiety, but also I'm quite happy a lot of the time. Um, I think what I've definitely learned about myself is that I let my mood and my feelings often dictate the day, and that can be a bit of a trap for me, so... If I wake up and something's not quite right, maybe it's um, it's deadline week for me, or maybe there's been a little bit of a disagreement somewhere, I can kind of start the day with just a real kind of low pessimistic view, like, okay, well, the today's a write-off, it's done. And that's actually not the case. Um, and equally, even when I'm happy, I can just be a little bit <laughs> overexcitable and kind of be ignoring that that's going on around me. Um, and it's quite helpful. My fiancé often says to me, Taylor, I think you're letting your feelings... <laughs> dictate your day because I could be having the best day ever and then I won't I don't know I'll miss lunch or something and then it's like the world is ending and he'll go mm, honey 
Let's just get some perspective. So I think that's what I've learned about myself. I think the, the main thing I've learned about God, it's actually the title of the seminar, is that God really does care how I feel and that he is faithful throughout. Um, he really, really cares. And I think there's two things that I've kind of been thinking about this over the last couple of years. I think firstly, I know he cares about me because it's actually my mind that I use to serve him. It's my mind that I use to know my identity. My thoughts dictate what I think about myself, what I think about God. Um, and yeah, there's many scriptures that touch on this, that it's actually our thoughts and our minds that serve God. So, you know, if I was an enemy trying to make a space between people and God, I would probably go for the mind too. So just, um, just realizing that God is passionate about this. This is a big thing. But also in a very personal way, he cares just because he loves me so much. Um, and he loves us so much. Yeah, he... Um, he just cares so much about every part of our lives. And I think, um, I was thinking about the scripture this week about um, how his thoughts about us outnumber the grains of sand. I don't know how many grains of sand there are, and the beach kind of freaks me out because they all kind of get stuck to you, but there's a lot. And if you Google it, it kind of blows your mind, so Google it later. But the Bible talks about how his thoughts about us outnumber the grains of sand. And that's not just us kind of corporately. It's you, and it's you individually. It's you individually. It's me individually, each of us. His thoughts outnumber the grains of sand so he cares about um the deep parts of our lives so i think that's yeah that's pretty cool that's great and for you kind of obviously you talked about this journey you've walked it's taught you things about yourself taught you mm. things about god what would you say it's taught you about church community and the kind of importance of church is that kind of did, did church kind of play any role for you in your journey yeah a massive journey actually i think having the space to be honest about my feelings has been such a big deal for me. Um, I'm definitely a talker, but I think when it came to not understanding my mood or the, the real thoughts that were going on, um, having space to go and speak to people who were guiding me, watching me, kind of, they'd have coffees with me or they'd be around, was a real, real, um, it was just a real encouragement and it kind of got me through that time. I think also, as I said, I was actually volunteering with my church for a year and I think... I thought I had to be, you know, on performance mode. I need to be doing things, like I'm here to do things and to serve. But watching, you know, just the kind of leaders of my church spot me and see that something wasn't right and give me the time, the space to just be me, I think that's, yeah, often I think you can presume that going into church means you need to be something, you need to be the Christian. But actually it's just being yourself and being in that community of family. It's a real safe space for me um, during that time, so yeah. Great, brilliant. And um, how has the Bible and kind of, I suppose, under, understanding Jesus um, helped you manage your moods and your feelings and your journey? Um, yeah, it's definitely still learning the management. But um, I think for me, like my, when I started out kind of getting to know God and, and kind of going through those details of things I knew about him, I, I knew that he would always know my steps, he'd know my days, he'd know how I feel, which is amazing. I think I kind of thought of it as a very distant thing. Like, God is all-knowing. He's so other than me, again, which is true. And I thought, well, he knows I'm sad, and he knows I've been feeling like this for a long time. Well, what if he just knows that it's forever, and this is, you know, and, and that's it. What do I do about that? And it was actually as I kind of explored my relationship with God, really got stuck into the Bible, that I saw a new side to God, just in the face of Jesus. And I think what was really encouraging, as you kind of follow Jesus' story, you realize that God doesn't just know how you feel because he knows everything, but he knows how you feel because he's felt it. And that never crossed my mind. I always thought, well, God's not, you know, anxious. He's not sad. He's not any of these things. But actually, when we see Jesus um, 
in the flesh. You know, he was, he was, uh, he wept, sorry, in mourning for a friend. He felt deep sorrow. He felt deep anguish. He felt anger. You know, when we look at his journey to the cross, he was terrified, absolutely terrified and had, you know, worry that I could never imagine. I thought my worried thoughts were bad, but he, he felt the deep fear. You know, he prayed, Father, you know, if you can take this cup away from me, if I don't have to do this, let's go with that option. But if it is your will. And he went to the cross in complete fear. You know, the Bible talks about how he sweat drops of blood. That's actually a medical thing. Like you can be so terrified it's to do with your blood vessels I'm not a doctor but you can actually sweat blood and that was the level he was at this is my God but in in man form and he has felt these things um, deeply and I think that that opened up a completely different perspective for me because it wasn't just how long is this going to last and you know God knows the date and that's it but actually Jesus has felt this with me and so I can trust him um, and sit in the confidence that you know this isn't forever so that's that was cool great and um, I guess, do you have any kind of helpful advice for uh, those of us in the room in terms of how each of us care for our, our mental well-being? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, firstly, get as close as you can to God. Like, dig deep into that. I definitely believe, definitely believe that God can change how, how things are going in an instant. He has the power to do that by his spirit. He can completely transform you in a moment. So definitely have expectations for that. Pray for that. Have faith for that. But I also think God has given us loads of tools um, that we can use to manage our emotions and our mental health and to spot things that might be triggers for us. Um, so, yeah, I think wisdom is a real, is a real thing um, when it comes to that. And so I've been looking a lot into this actually recently just for the magazine. And I was looking into some research which I found really interesting because we actually see it all through the Bible. But it just talks about how being able to name how you're feeling and talk about how you're feeling and actually understanding those feelings and pouring them out towards God um, or to someone, maybe a youth leader. Um, it actually really helps us to rationalize our thoughts and our feelings. And actually, their research found that it helps us in future situations when, when these things crop up again and again. And I think often, I don't know about you, but for me, it's the same things or the same feelings that they crop back up and they crop back up. Um, and so, yeah, being able to name those things is really important. So I'll give you an example. It's actually from when I was really I was a lot younger it just popped into my head but um I just remember I mean my parents are great but I remember this this particular thing and I um I was hoovering the house I don't know if this is something that's gonna hit home with one of you guys it's really random but I felt God wanted me to share it I was hoovering the house for my mum and I thought I was doing a really great thing I thought she's gonna be so happy I've hoovered the house I've done something for my parents doing the good thing great and um first thing that happened was she came home she didn't notice um, and that really hit me because I just thought, well, what's the point? And the second thing that happened, and again, my mum is great, but this wasn't the best moment. Um, I told her, I was like, look, did you see? You know, when you like show things that you've done, you leave the hoover out, like, you know. And um, she told me that I didn't do a good enough job. It really hurt. Like, even now I can feel it. And it's such a bizarre thing. Uh, maybe God's doing something in me, but I could feel this feeling of just complete rejection and complete kind of, I'm not good enough, or my parents don't see me. Now, what I actually thought I felt in that time was anger. I kicked off. I was so angry. I felt so angry. But actually, deep down, if I could have named it and, and kind of dwelt on it a little bit and brought that out, it was rejection. It was, yeah, kind of neglect. And I think what's really important is that we take the time to catch ourselves in those moments and think, what's really going on here? What am I actually feeling? 
And as I said, yeah, as you're able to name those, um, it can really help you to rationalize that. Talk, chat it through with someone. Notice those triggers. That's something I've had to do. You know, actually, I'm just hungry. That's, that's often a, a big one. Um, what else? So, yeah, I would also say that just because you're able to name them and you know how you're feeling and maybe you have some of these ups and downs or you're in a kind of down place, that how you're feeling doesn't necessarily automatically reflect the opinion or the character of God. So this isn't a justification for, being, for having anger problems and lashing out. I'm not saying that it suddenly makes it okay because you're able to talk about it. But, yeah, it is good to do that. And it's important to kind of realign yourself with God's opinion and what God says. And that does take practice. But, again, it's just getting stuck into the Bible. And I think another practical thing then is prayer. And I know, I really know how hard it can be when you're in those places and you're struggling to even start that conversation. But even just, you know, so Philippians 4, you've probably heard it before. I think it's verse 6 to verse 8, the do not be anxious. Um, that's been huge for me. I remember in my darkest moments, I was walking around like this uh, like park and like trees, just reciting it, reciting it, because like there was nothing else I could do. But it says, you know, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation with prayer and thanksgiving, and I think that can feel so unnatural, the prayer and thanksgiving part. But if you can get that into your prayer life, even in the darkest times, it will transform you. Um, I was recently, um, sorry, I'm really all over the place. I was recently diagnosed with low vitamin D. And what I did, I was looking into vitamin D. And, and we get it from the sunshine, right? And I was looking into what would happen if you have complete vitamin D deficiency. It is rough, like complete. Imagine the sun didn't come up, right? Yeah. You're talking, your bones will be aching. Uh, you get like brittle bones, they would crumble. You wouldn't be able to think straight. You wouldn't be able to sleep. All of these things that I was looking into. And it just hit me like, even the simplest things that we forget. The sun came up this morning. There's a whole knock-on effect that God knows about. The vitamin D, all of the things that our bodies do, and all of the things that preserve us. If the sun didn't come up today, we would be screwed, basically. And that can come into your prayer life. If you're in a dark place, even things like that, Lord, thank you that the sun came up today. Thank you, I praise you for that. And then the next part of um, that scripture, so with thanksgiving, pre present your request to God. And in that time, that might be as simple as get me out of this place. I don't want to be in this place. It's being really honest, really, really honest. Um, yeah, present your request to God. And the next bit is that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. It's something that's so far out of your thoughts. And especially in a time when you can't trust your thoughts. It's above that. God is so above that. It transcends all understanding, his peace. And it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And you can have assurance of that. But I think for me, just praying that through um, was incredible for me. And I think... Um, one thing that really hit me, somebody brought me scripture as well and prayed with me. That can be really helpful. What they showed me actually was a scripture. I think it's Psalm 56. I did write it down. Oh, yeah, it's here. So Psalm 56. Um, and it's about David. Now, David is freaking out. He's really struggling mentally. He's really sorrowful and is so fearful. He feels his enemies are all out to get him. Some of the language he uses are like, um, you know, I feel like I'm going to be swallowed up. I don't know if any of you have felt that way. Maybe it's um, with people and like relationships, but maybe it is your thoughts. They're just overwhelming. And another thing he mentions is being hounded. And for me, like, that was like me with my thoughts, my negative thought patterns. It felt like they just wouldn't go. They were hounding me, hounding me. And this is where David's at. And then what he does in this same psalm, he points to God. He looks to God and he says, you keep track. God, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one 
in your book. And that was huge for me, because there were some days where all I would do was cry for hours. And I remember just looking at my hands, just soaking wet, like, what is the point in this? This is not, this is not good for anyone. And, and, you know, where is God in this time? And he's clearly distant, and he's just waiting for me the day when I come out of it. But to know that God collects every single tear, like, in those moments, what was just a stream and a blur to me was counted. It was written down. And I think it doesn't make that time for me any more enjoyable, doesn't make it, it didn't make it enjoyable, it wasn't a nice thing, but what it meant was that it was meaningful. Like I can look back at the other side and say that was meaningful. God had written it, every detail of that moment when I thought he was far, he was closer than ever. So I think just praying, getting into scriptures that are going to hold you firm um, and getting people to pray with you is, is really, really helpful in that. That's great, brilliant, really helpful. Um, I guess just coming back to something, you, the story you told there about your, your hoovering oh, yeah. uh, really moment random. with your mum. I remember reading this book uh, all about emotional health and it talks in there about knowing the negative scripts that have been spoken over you. Yeah. And so it says that you know, this idea of things that have been said over you, whether that be by family members, friends in your school, that kind of you've taken and believed as truth about you. Mm. I guess I'd be interested to know kind of your journey, in, like take that story for example, do you have any tips in terms of how can we learn what we're kind of negative scripts we're taking and believing as truth? How can you kind of discern whether that's kind of getting in? Whether, you know, like you're saying, you thought you were angry at first, but actually you, you think, oh, no, actually, no, I'm struggling with rejection here. Do you have any kind of input into that to help us process that? Yeah, I think I, that's a really tough thing. I think I've, I've definitely struggled with that, things that have been spoken over me. Realistically, it's it's got to be about what God says, which takes a little bit of effort on your part. It's finding out what he says in the scripture. Um, You know, it's chatting these things through with your youth leaders, as I've said. Um, And yeah, again, holding on to the scriptures that say the truth about you. Um, It's definitely, it can be really hard to spot them. You know, our brains are kind of hardwired to do what they, in terms of thought patterns, they kind of, um, they almost dig like roads for us in our mind, if you imagine it like that. And the more wheels, the more times you think it that go over it, they get deeper and deeper. And it can be really hard then to get out of that and use a different road, um, quite literally, psychology-wise, but also spiritually. And um, I think it just it starts with just taking a step to say, actually, no, not today. I'm going to say this over my life. A lot of people encourage me to have like a notebook because sometimes you don't do it in the moment, but then in a, when you're in a better place or a better time, you can come to it and go, right, what was I thinking? What was the trigger? And then I would suggest find something, find what God says about it. And it may well be a challenge to you. There may be something that there is that he wants to grow you in or to um, guide you in a different way. But also it may just be you've believed a complete lie and there is a real solid truth. Write them down um, and go over them. Go over them at the good times. Um, set yourself up for the day. Like I said, my mood could change midday. Set yourself up. When I feel this, this is the truth. When I feel this, this is the truth. Um, and when it comes to the feeling hungry thing, uh, one thing I found really helpful when it came to mental health, I don't know if any of you have heard the HALT acronym. It's hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Um, which I struggle with all of those. <laughs> I think I'm quite an extrovert. I need to be around people. I need my sleep. I need to eat. And um, get a bit angry sometimes. Um, and actually, it can be as simple as spot them. Yeah. You can be thinking, like, everything is awful, but actually, you just missed your lunch, genuinely. Um, my fiancé and I often get into little bickers and arguments, and then we have to stop and say, wait, have we had a snack recently? Changes everything, um, honestly. Um, you know, if you're feeling angry, just breathe. 
genuinely breathe, breathe deep into your belly and breathe out and take a pause. Think about, you know, what God says about the situation, to love these people, whoever's bothering you. If it's just in yourself, take some time out and get into the scriptures. If you're lonely, go and be with people. You know, if you've got a youth leader, go and chat with them. Find people that you trust and that are for you um, and spend time with them. And if not, well, and spend time with God in prayer if you're lonely. And if you're tired, go to sleep. You know, one of the, oh, I love, in the Bible, we see a real picture of deep anguish, like mental health, with Elijah. Um, and his prayer, you know, it's, it's deep. And I have prayed this prayer. I've prayed this prayer um, in my lowest times. And Elijah is, again, similarly to David, he's freaking out. Um, his enemies are against him. And he just feels, he's hit rock bottom. And he actually prays, Lord, take my life. Now, if any of you are in this, in this uh, place, if any of you have prayed that prayer, I've prayed that prayer. Um, praise God, that's not his will for me. Um, but if any of you feel that way, I would definitely say we're going to have space to pray at the end. Come and chat with one of us. We'd love to pray through that with you and chat to you. But Elijah prays this, and it's in the Bible. God wanted us to know that this does happen. This does happen and that we're not alone. And God's, um, God's prescription is sleep and like cake. Food, sleep. That is almighty God's prescription to him. He gives him some time out, you know, gives him the good stuff. And I think actually sometimes just making sure we're keeping on top of our like daily needs, getting the rest we need, getting the food we need and things like that. Eat well, eat blueberries um, is really important. Eat blueberries. Yeah, they, always uh, blueberries. Right, great. Excellent. really <laughs> helpful. What, one final question I've got then, and then we'll have some time to pray, is um, obviously you've shared brilliantly today lots of stuff from your story, lots of things. If there was one or two key things you'd want everyone in this room to leave with, like what did Taylor, what did Taylor want us to take away? What would they be? Oh, that is tricky. Okay. <laughs> right. Mm, so firstly that you are not alone. You're absolutely not alone. Sometimes that can feel quite cliche. People say it a lot, but it is true. Um, there are probably people in this room that feel similarly to you. And actually, God went to the effort of having it written down in the Bible so that you can use it for the rest of your life. All of these occasions where people have probably felt how you feel. Um, and then Jesus himself, it was honest about his own feelings. You are not alone. Um, and I've only got two. Okay. What else? God cares how you feel. God really cares how you feel. He's written down every single part of your life. He knows every hair on your head. Um, and he really does care. Oh, no, wait. Can I add another one? Add another there is hope. There is hope. There is a day coming where there will be no tears. There will be no sorrow. But actually, God's will for your life is not misery. It's delight and it's joy. Um, and that is his will for you. So there is a time coming. This will pass. Someone once said to me, actually, sorry, I'm now just talking a lot. Someone once said to me um, that if you imagine yourself as the sky, that if you have some sort of mental health issue, that does not become you. That is not your identity. You are the sky. And that thing is like a cloud. It doesn't become you. It's not who you are. You are separate to that thing. But it may well pass by. Um, and there is a time coming that it will, you know, be gone. So... Yeah, that's... Brilliant. That's really good. Can we give Taylor a round of applause? Oh. That's Pete. <laughs> I was like, wow, someone's really keen. Oh, that's Pete. It's fun. Um, why don't we just close our eyes where we are? I just want to pray for us. It says in uh, Psalm 23, one of my favorite bits of the Bible, tells that the Lord is our shepherd. He's the one that leads us tells us that we shall not want 
it promises that we'll have times where God will lead us to still waters and green pastures where life will feel good and we'll feel content. But it also tells us in there that there'll be times where we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But the promise is that even when we're there, as Taylor shared, even in our darkest moments, God comforts and protects us. And the end of that psalm is this beautiful promise of surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And I do get the sense of, for every single one of us, God just wants to bring fresh hope into hearts today. Hope that his goodness and his mercy will pursue you and will follow you all the days of your life. The thing you're struggling with right now, that isn't going to define you. That isn't your lot in this life, is, is that thing. God will define you. God's given you an identity in Jesus and a confidence in Jesus. That means that whatever you're going through, even it says in Psalm 23 that you know, God prepares a feast for us in the midst of our enemies. Sometimes he doesn't bring us out of the difficulty, but he meets us in the difficulty. And he gives us hope in the midst of it. And so, Lord Jesus, I just want to pray for every single one of us. Lord, I want to ask that you would draw close to us by your spirit right now. Lord, I pray for those who have believed lies over themselves, negative scripts that have been spoken over, they've taken those on as truth. God, I want to pray that you would just come and speak your truth over them right now. Lord, I want to ask that you would help them to know that they are loved, that they are chosen, that they are precious, that they are wanted, that they are valued that they are cared for, that they have a purpose. God, I pray that for those who've just believed a lie, that no one loves them, that you would show them that you do. Oh God, for those who believe the lie, that there's no purpose to their life, that you would show them that you have made them in Christ, your workmanship, and you've got good works for them to walk into, that you prepared beforehand, as Ephesians 2 tells us. God, I just pray that there would be a breaking right now of lies that we have believed. And Lord Jesus, I want to pray for faith to come. Faith, Lord God, to to act on what we feel you're telling us to do. As Taylor's brilliantly painted a picture of, Lord, faith to pray, faith to read our Bibles, faith to think about you and consider you, faith to talk to friends and youth leaders and those in our churches, Lord God, faith to to decide to um, fight for believing truth over our lives rather than just allowing ourselves to settle where we are, Lord Jesus. And so we pray for every single one of us, Lord, that you would draw close. The promise of the Bible is that if we draw close to you, you draw close to us. Particularly, Lord God, for those who just right now have come struggling with their feelings and their emotions, not knowing what to do with them. God, I pray, draw close to them. Would they feel known and loved right now, we ask, in the name of Jesus. Amen.